بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We continue the explanation of Riyadh al-Salihin and we have reached hadith number 22 hadith number 22 and this is the hadith of Abdullah bin Ka'ab bin Malik and the story of those who stayed behind in the expedition of Tabuk. And inshallah tonight we will explain the hadith. So this hadith is the hadith of Ka'ab bin Malik in the story of remaining behind uh, in the Ghazwa Tabuk in the expedition of Tabuk. And Tabuk's expedition took place in the ninth year after Hijrah, in the ninth year after Hijrah. The Prophet ﷺ mobilized to encounter the Romans who were on the religion of the Christians. When he heard that they were mobilizing their forces to conquer uh, the Muslim land, so the Prophet ﷺ prepared the expedition to reach them, and he stayed in Tabuk 20 nights, he stayed in Tabuk 20 nights, but he didn't see uh, from their affairs or from their status that which would indicate that they are about to uh, attack, so he uh, returned, he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, returned. And this expedition uh, took uh, place during uh, hot days when the fruits ripened as came in the hadith and the hypocrites preferred the life of this world over the hereafter so they stayed behind and uh, they went to the shade and to the fresh uh, date palms and uh, ripened dates and the distance of Tabuk the expedition was long further for them. As to the believers, the sincere believers, they left with the Prophet والسلام, and they were not they were not disencouraged by the far distance of Tabuk, nor by the ripened fruits and the shade and so forth. Except for Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu and two others who remained or stayed behind did not join the expedition of Tabuk without an excuse, without an excuse. And he was one of the pure believers. And that's why he said that he did not stay behind any of the expeditions which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made except uh, the expedition of Badr except for the expedition of Badr so he shared in all of the expeditions with the Prophet alayhi salatu wa sallam so he was one of the mujahideen fi sabirillah in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for the battle of except for the battle Ghazwa to Badr, the battle of Badr, 
he stayed behind and others as well, not only Kaab. Because the Prophet ﷺ in fact left Medina, did not intend when he left Medina to fight the mushriks, the disbelievers. And that's why he only left with 310 plus men from Medina. Because they intended uh, to take over the caravan of Quraysh, the uh, camels loaded with their goods which came from Asham, from Syria, greater Syria, going to Mecca, passing by Medina. The Prophet ﷺ wanted to take it over, so he left in order to uh, intercept their caravan and to take it over. That's because the people of Mecca drove the Prophet ﷺ and his companions from their homes in Mecca and took over their properties. So that's why this was a fair booty for the Prophet ﷺ and for the believers to go out and intercept them. And there is no transgression in this by the Prophet ﷺ, nor by his companions. This is only taking some of what the mushriks took from their rights and their wealth. So the Prophet ﷺ on, on that day of Badr, he left with 310 plus men, having only 70 camels and two horses. They had little uh, means and preparations. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them encounter their enemy without any uh, specific appointment. Because Allah wanted to execute what he intended from this battle. When Abu Sufyan, uh, the leader of the caravan then, and he was a disbeliever then before he became a Muslim, when he heard that the Prophet ﷺ left to intercept the caravan, so he changed his caravans, he changed his uh, caravan's uh, direction towards the beach area, and uh, he sent to the people of, Qur- of Quraysh uh, asking for help uh, to come and save the caravan. So the people of Quraysh gathered and uh, their uh, noble ones and their leaders uh, came and uh, mobilized almost a 1,900 to 1,000 men. And they went, and Allah described the way they left by saying, in Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 9, verse 47, And be not like those who come out of their homes boastfully, and to be seen of men, and hinder men from the path of Allah. This is their intention. And when they were on their way, and they knew that their caravan was saved, so they consulted amongst themselves and said, the caravan was saved, so why should we go and fight? So Abu Jahl, one of their leaders, said, Wallahi la narjia, hatta naqduma badran, we, by Allah, must not return until we go to Badr and stay there three 
I mean, three days uh, slaughtering the camels and uh, drinking uh, alcohol and uh, eat and drink and so that the Arabs would hear of us and thus fear us. That's what they said. Bataram boastfully and arrogance and with false pride. Walakin alhamdulillah. But all praise is due to Allah. The Arabs spoke of their defeat and their humiliation. That's when they encountered the Prophet والسلام, and that was in the month of Ramadan, the 17th day of the month of Ramadan, in the second year, in the second year after the migration of the Prophet والسلام, after Hijrah. So they met, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> inspired the to the angels in Surah Al-Anfal as in Surah Al-Anfal 8-12 أَنِّي مَعَكُمْ فَثَبِّتُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا سَأُلْقِي فِي قُلُوبِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الرُّعْبِ Allahu Akbar Remember when your Lord inspired the angels Verily I am with you So keep firm those who have believed I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieved. Contemplate in this ayah. Giving steadfastness and firmness to the believers. And casting terror in the hearts of the disbelievers. Victory was near. Terror in the hearts of the disbelievers. And Firmness and steadfastness to the in the hearts of the believers. Allah Taala then, فَضْرِبُوا فَوْقَ الْأَعْنَاقِ وَضْرِبُوا مِنْهُمْ كُلَّ بَنَانٍ So strike them over the necks and smite over all their fingers and toes. The matter has been made easy for you. And so the Muslims took them. And they killed 70 of their fighters. And they captured 70 of their men. Those killed from the disbelievers in that battle were from the most notable leaders of them. And 24 of them as described 24 of their men were dragged and they were on that battle of Badr, Prophet ﷺ ordered that the bodies of the 24 leaders of the Quraysh be thrown into one of the foul, abandoned dwells of Badr. On the third day after the battle, the Prophet ﷺ called for his mount and saddled it. Then he set out. Then he set out. So his companions followed him. They said amongst themselves, he must be going to something important. When the Prophet ﷺ arrived at the well 
in which the bodies of the slain Quraysh had been thrown earlier, he stood at its edge and began addressing those therein by calling upon them by names, O so-and-so, son, <coughs> son of so-and-so, and you, so-and-so, son of so-and-so. Would it not have been easier to have obeyed Allah and His Messenger? We have found that which your, we have found that which your Lord promised us to be true. Did you find what your Lord promised you to be true? And this is a reference to the Quraysh supplication asking their Lord to bring a painful punishment upon them if what Muhammad ﷺ was preaching the truth, remember? As in Surah Al-Anfal 8.32 So did you find what your Lord promised you to be true? See here, there upon Umar radiallahu anhu said O Messenger of Allah Ya Rasulullah كيف تكلم أناسا قد جيفوا عمر said O Messenger of Allah what are you saying to these bodies without souls do they hear do they hear for Allah the majestic and mighty says إِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الْمَوْتَ Verily you cannot make the dead hear. As in Surah An-Naml 2780 The Prophet ﷺ answered وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ مَا أَنْتُمْ بِأَسْمَعْ لِمَا أَقُولْ مِنْهُمْ by him in whose hand lies the soul of Muhammad. You did not hear better than them what I just said. Qatada, and he, is a, he was a famous successor and a narrator of this hadith, added, Allah brought them, meaning the slain Quraysh, whose bodies were in the abandoned well, back to life momentarily momentarily in order to make them hear as a means of scorn and belittlement and so that they would feel regret and remorse. This hadith is authentically reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. In another narration of this incident, there is a slight variation in the wording of the text which follows that Ibn Umar related the Prophet ﷺ stood at the edge of a well at Badr and said, meaning the same well mentioned earlier in the narration where these bodies were thrown. Did you find the promise of your Lord to be true? Then he added, verily at this moment they hear what I am saying. Later on, this was mentioned to Aisha, the beloved wife of the Prophet ﷺ, whereupon she commented what the Prophet meant was, now they know that, uh, that what I used to tell them is the truth. Now they know that what I used to tell them is the truth. Then she recited 
إِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الْمَوْتَى Then she recited, Verily you cannot make the dead hear up to the end of this verse. There are some people who often misconstrue the texts of these two narrations as proof for the contention that that the dead can hear that, that the dead can hear however this miraculous circumstance in which the corpses of the slain Quraysh were made to hear the Prophet's address to them is a special case an exception to the general rule that the dead don't hear by a miracle Allah the mighty subhanahu wa ta'ala made them hear the scolding from the Prophet alayhi salatu only for the moment he spoke to them and this is clearly proven by the narration the second one which we related to you for this hearing was said to be conditioned by the moment when the Prophet ﷺ called out to them in scorn and in rebuke. He said, at this moment they hear what I am saying. At this moment they hear what I am saying. In fact, in the first narration, the Prophet ﷺ does not deny Umar's sound understanding of the verses, general ruling that the dead don't hear. No, he didn't. The Prophet ﷺ did not deny Umar's understanding of the verses, general ruling that the dead don't hear. Rather, the Prophet ﷺ merely clarified for Umar that what occurred at Badr was a divine miracle. And therefore an exception to the general ruling of the verse. And since we are talking about this subject, and it often comes, there is another narration as well, which is often quoted by those who believe that the dead can hear. And this is the following narration. And this is in Bukhari and Muslim. From the hadith of Anas. أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن العبد إذا وضع في قبره وتولى عنه أصحابه إنه لا يسمع قرع نعالهم إذا انصرفوا then أتاه الملكان to the end of the hadith Anas bin Malik reported that Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said after the deceased is placed in his grave and his companions meaning his friends and those who attended the funeral, etc., turn to leave, he hears the shuffling of their feet, the shuffling of their feet as they walk away. Then there comes to him the two angels. So some people take this to be a valid evidence for the general claim that the dead can hear. However, this narration only specifies another, another exception to the general rule. Another exception. 
in this case the deceased hears the shuffling feet of those who attend his funeral as they walk away and this is a momentary possession of the faculty of hearing which is terminated at the point at which the two questioning angels come to him so this is again momentarily and therefore this clear understanding is also supported by the fact that the companions never went to the prophet's grave or to the righteous graves and called upon them for any kind of help or even a conversation whatsoever and it's abundantly therefore now it is clear that the deceased generally do not have the faculty of hearing because they are in this barzakh life which separates our, our world from theirs and it is the partition between this life and the hereafter and this also refutes the claim of those who go and petition the dead for help and this kind of petition is shirk and therefore their argumentation is refuted and cannot stand and people should be aware of this And they often quote these narrations in order to confuse people and then justify for themselves the conversations and the petitions they make for their so-called righteous and awliya. And in the practice of the companions in itself alone is the practical refutation to them because the companions never did this. And they cannot be better than the companions in their understanding of the deen and of what is right and what is wrong from these practices. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save the ummah from these deviant shirk ways and mysticism. So, in that battle of Badr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory to the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam and to the believers. Allah referred to this in Surah Al-Anfal in chapter 8 verse 41 يَوْمَ الْفُرْقَانِ يَوْمَ الْتَقَى الْجَمْعَانِ يَوْمَ الْفُرْقَانِ يَوْمَ الْتَقَى الْجَمْعَانِ This is the day of criterion. between falsehood and truth يَوْمَ الْفُرْقَانِ إِذْ يَوْمَ الْتَقَى الْجَمْعَانِ يَوْمَ الْفُرْقَانِ يَوْمَ الْتَقَى الْجَمْعَانِ The day of the criterion between right and wrong, the day when the two forces met, the battle of Badr, and Allah is able to do all things and contemplate the power of Allah and the ability of Allah Azza wa Jal on this day. 300 and ten plus men had victory over almost one thousand men with perfect preparations 
and stronger plans and those had few few in number and few in preparation few camels two horses but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory to them and Allah, Allah referred to this 310 plus Allah referred to this in Surah Al-Imran in 3.123 وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَأَنْتُمْ in 3.123 in Surah Al-Imran وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّةٌ <coughs> And Allah has already made you victorious at Badr when you were a weak little force. So fear Allah much that you may be grateful. On the other hand, when the Muslims, when they opened Mecca and left with 12,000 facing the tribes of Hawazin and Thaqif, Muslims became proud of their numbers, but they were defeated by 3,500 men of their enemies. The 3,500 defeated the 12,000 who were led by the Prophet ﷺ because they became proud of their strength and that they would not be defeated because of being few in number. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them that their Numbers are of no avail to them. So, 3,500 of their enemies defeated the 12,000 men led by the Prophet ﷺ because they became proud of their numbers. قال الله تعالى about this in Surah At-Tawbah, chapter 9. Verse 25. And on the day of Hunayn, the battle, when you rejoiced at your great number, but it availed you not, and the earth vast as it was was straightened for you, then you turn back in flight. You know what happened to the people of Badr? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked at those who witnessed Badr and said, اعملوا ما شئتم فقد غفرت لكم O people of Badr, do what you like for I have forgiven you. 
every sin that occurred from them was forgiven because because the price had been paid in advance because the price had been paid in advance this Ghazwa of Badr became because for all good even in the story of Hatib bin Abi Balta when the Prophet sent Ali bin Abi Talib with Al-Zubayr and Al-Miqdad and this is in Bukhari and Muslim and we can take uh, the Bukhari's, Bukhari's narration volume 5 hadith 572 5 when Ali was sent with al and Al-Miqdad the Prophet ﷺ told them Proceed till you reach a place known as Rawdat Khakh, where there is a lady carrying a letter, and take that letter from her. So Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, So we proceeded on our way with our horses galloping till we reach the Rawda, that place which the Prophet ﷺ specified and there we found the lady and said to her take out the letter she said I have no letter in this letter as we will know there were some news being related to the disbelievers in Mecca concerning the Prophet ﷺ and his preparations. So she said, I have no letter. We said, take out the letter or else we will take off your clothes. So she took it out of her braid and we brought the letter to Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The letter was addressed from Hatib bin Abi Balta'a May Allah be pleased with him to some pagans of Mecca telling them about what Allah's Messenger intended to do. So Allah's Messenger said Ya Hatib ma hadha? He said, O Hatib, what is this? He said, O Messenger of Allah, do not make a hasty decision about me. A hasty decision about me. Inni Quraysh. I was a person not belonging to Quraysh. But I was an ally to them from outside. 
and I had no blood relation with them. And all the immigrants who were with you have got their kinsmen in Mecca who can protect their families and properties. So I like to do them a favor so that they might protect my relatives. وَلَمْ أَفْعَلْهُ ارْتِدَادًا عَنْ دِينِي Listen please. وَلَمْ أَفْعَلْهُ ارْتِدَادًا عَنْ دِينِي وَلَا رِضًا بِالْكُفْرِ بعد الإسلام I did not do this to renegade from my religion, from Islam. Nor did I do it to choose hedonism after Islam. Or kuf after Islam. Allah's Messenger said to his companions, "Ama innahu qad sadaqakum." As regards him, he Hatib has told you the truth. Here, Umar radiAllahu taala anhu said, "Ya Rasul Allah, da'ni adribu unuqa hada al-munafiq." O Messenger of Allah, allow me to chop off the head of this hypocrite. The Prophet ﷺ responded, إِنَّهُ قَدْ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا Allahu Akbar. إِنَّهُ قَدْ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ اطَّلَعَ عَلَى مَنْ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا قَالَ اعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَكُمْ The Prophet ﷺ said, He, Hatib, has witnessed the better battle, meaning fought in it. And what could tell you? Perhaps Allah looked at those who witnessed better and said, All the people of better, do what you like, for I have forgiven you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this surah. This verse in this surah, surah 60 and verse 1. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّخِذُوا عَدُوِّي وَعَدُوَّكُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ تُلْقُونَ إِلَيْهِمْ بِالْمَوَدَّةِ وَقَدْ كَفَرُوا بِمَا جَاءَكُمْ مِنَ الْحَقِّ إِلَى قَوْلِهِ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ Oh, you believe? Take not my enemies and your enemies as friends, offering them your love. Offering them your love, even though they have disbelieved in that truth. Meaning Allah and His Messenger and the Quran, which has come to you to the end of the verse. And whosoever of you Muslims does that, then indeed He has gone far astray away from the straight path. And Hatib was from the people who fought the battle of Badr. Now, concerning our story, so Ka'ab mentioned that he did not share in the battle of Badr. Then he mentioned his allegiance the night of the Aqaba in Mina, where they gave the allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ upon Islam. And he said, إِنِّي لَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ يَكُونَ لِي بَدَلَهَا بَدْر I witnessed the night of the Aqaba with Allah's Messenger when, he, when we pledged for Islam. And I would not exchange it for the better battle 
although the Badr battle is more popular amongst the people than it, meaning Al-Aqaba pledge. Why? Because the pledge of Badr, the pledge of Al-Aqaba, as we know, was a great one. But he mentioned that Badr was more popular amongst the people, and it became famous, and this was not the case as with the pledge of Al-Aqaba, when it compared to Badr. Nevertheless, he is comforting himself, he is trying to comfort himself, that since he missed the battle of Badr, he witnessed the pledge of Al-Aqaba. May Allah be pleased with him, and with all the companions. He says, <coughs> describing himself in this hadith, that he, he was never healthier and more strong than these times when he, than the time when he, uh, he uh, stayed behind and did not join the Prophet ﷺ in the Ghazwa of Tabuk and he prepared he said I had never been stronger or wealthier than I was when I remained behind the Prophet in this Ghazwa of Tabuk by Allah never I had two she camels before but I had them at the time of this Ghazwa and it was from the habit of the Prophet ﷺ that when he intended to make a ghazwa, warra He used to hide his intention by apparently referring to different ghazwa or showing different preparations till it was the time of this ghazwa. Meaning that the Prophet ﷺ, because of his wisdom in battles and in battle uh, uh, plans, in wars, in, in the battles of jihad, he would make it appear as if he was preparing to move in a certain direction and then change meaning that if he intended to go south he would make a different direction as if he would move and mobilize in the direction of the north so that the people see as if he is going north or if he intended to go to the east he would hide the intentions and the preparations as if he would make it seem that it was, it was going west so that the enemy does not uh, uh, discover his plans sallallahu alayhi wasallam except in this battle of Tabuk except in this battle of Tabuk the Prophet sallallahu made it clear and his intentions and his direction for all of his companions why? because first it occurred at the time of intense heat when the fruits were ripened and when people, you know, the, the peoples uh, are more inclined to uh, be lazy and uh, sit. Secondly, because there is a far distance, Tabuk is a far distance place, distant place from, from the Medina and there will be hot, uh, uh, it will be hot and it will be uh, sunny and uh, and, and sand and so forth thirdly uh, the enemy is also a great in number meaning the Romans and they gathered in huge numbers as came the news to the Prophet ﷺ. so he made its case known and that he informed that he was going to Tabuk to a meet an enemy who is well prepared and to a distant far distant place so that people 
begin to prepare and get ready for the expedition given the conditions so the Muslims went with, with Rasulullah and no one stayed behind except those hypocrites and the three men the three believers Ka'b bin Malik and Murar ibn Rabi' and Hilal bin Umayyah anhum. may Allah be pleased with all of them these were they were from the pure believers but they changed they, they rather stayed behind for a matter which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended the others were hypocrites pure hypocrites we seek refuge in Allah from that so the Prophet ﷺ moved with his companions and they were many to the direct, in the direction of Tabuk until he reached it but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not make an encounter with his enemies he stayed 20 days in that place then he left without indulging in any war so he says Ka'ab bin Malik inna Rasulullah inna Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tajahaza huwa wal muslimun wa kharaju min madina the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prepared and, and the Muslims as well and they left the Medina as to him he stayed behind and every day he will go to his camels and he says I, would, I should prepare and move but doing nothing then every day doing the same until he became late and he missed and in this there is evidence in this there is evidence that the person must hasten to do the righteous deeds otherwise he may be deprived of them the person must hasten to do the righteous deeds otherwise he may be deprived of them you see I kept delaying it every now and then till the people got ready and Allah's messenger and the Muslims along with him departed and I had not prepared anything for my departure and I said I will prepare myself for departure one or two days after him and then join them so this is the evidence that the person the person should hasten in doing the righteous deeds otherwise he may or he might be he may be deprived of them as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 110 وَنُقَلِّبُ أَفْئِدَتَهُمْ وَأَبْصَارَهُمْ كَمَا لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهِ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةِ وَنَذَرُهُمْ وَنَذَرُهُمْ فِي طُغْيَانِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ and we shall turn their hearts and their eyes away from guidance as they refuse to believe therein for the first time and we shall leave them in their trespass to wander blindly. So when the person knows the truth and does not accept it and submit to it from the first time, he may miss that and he may be deprived. We seek refuge in Allah from this. It is also the same in the case if he is not patient. The first time when he encounters a calamity, then he may be deprived of its reward. Because the Prophet ﷺ said in the 
Hadith reported in Bukhari and Muslim, إِنَّمَا الصَّبْرُ عِنْدَ الصَّدْمَةِ الْأُولَى Verily the patient persevering is upon the first occurrence of the calamity. When it befalls. And therefore we must hasten to do the righteous deeds and not delay and defer them. Lest we become negligent and lazy and shaitan takes over and your desires as well and then you will miss and him Ka'ab bin Malik he mentioned that he said such was the case with me till they hurried away and the battle was missed by me even then I intended to depart to take them over I wish I had done so but it wasn't in my luck He said that it grieved him, it grieved him, that he walks the streets of Medina, the the market in Medina, and there in the Medina, there wasn't the messenger, nor Abu Bakr, or Umar, or Uthman, or Ali, and not, not the early ones from the Muhajirs and the Ansar, except the hypocrites, sitting, or someone who had a legal excuse to stay behind. And so he blamed himself. How could it be that all of these people are staying in Medina, and I am staying with them? The Messenger did not mention him, and did not ask about him until he reached Tabuk. And while in Tabuk, Sitting with his companions, he, the Prophet ﷺ, asked about Ka'b. So the Messenger ﷺ said, Aina Ka'b ibn Malik? Ma fa'ala Ka'b? What did Ka'b do? Here a man from Bani Salama belittled Ka'b. And said, O oh Allah's Messenger, he has been stopped by his two burdas, two garments, and he's looking at his own flanks with pride. This was a belittling. Mu'adh bin Jabal, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, defended Ka'b bin Malik. What a bad thing you have said by Allah, O oh Allah's Messenger, we know nothing about him but good. The Prophet ﷺ kept silent and did not answer. did not say anything and while he was sitting he saw a man coming from a distant far distant the Prophet ﷺ said Kun Aba Al-Ansari be Abu Khuthayma Al-Ansari and saw he was. This is either an intuitive knowledge of a human nature of the Prophet ﷺ, or it due to his keen sight, or it due to his keen sight, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And there is no doubt that he ﷺ, possessed the strongest. sight and hearing 
and speech in everything and he had been given the strength and power of 30 men with respect to women and he had been given also other powers other than that may Allah salam, be upon him and this Abu Khusayma that the Prophet والسلام, was referring to he was the man when he gave the man who gave in charity a sa' when the Prophet ﷺ incited the people to give charity and everyone gave in accordance with his condition. And whenever the person would bring the charity, the hypocrites will defame and they say, This is show off. So when they would see people coming with abandoned charity, they will mock at them and defame, and they say, this is for show off. And when the poor brings the, the poor brings whatever he affords from the charity, he would say, إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ عَنْ صَاعِ هَذَا Allah is sufficient. He doesn't need this sa' of such and such poor man. Just think, وَلَيَادُ بِاللَّهِ How they mock the believers from this angle or that angle. As Allah described them in Surah At-Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 79, الَّذِينَ يَلْمِزُونَ الْمُطَّوِّعِينَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي الصَّدَقَاتِ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ إِلَّا جُهْدَهُمْ Those who defame such of the believers who give charity in Allah's cause, voluntarily, and those who could not find to give charity in Allah's cause, except what is available to them, so they mock at them. So they mock at them. Allah will throw back their mockery on them and they shall have a painful torment. This is the case of the hypocrite, evil upon Muslims. If he sees the people of good, he will defame. And if he sees the negligent one, he will also mock at them, most wicked of the creation. They are in the lowest level of hell. And the hypocrites in our times, if they see the people of good, and the people of da'wah, and the people who enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong, they say, these are the uh, uh, harsh ones, the uh, na'am, <coughs> the excessive ones, these are the fundamentalists, these are the backward ones, the reactionaries and the like. This is all of this, this is inherited from the original hypocrites at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and it goes until our days. We should not say that we don't have hypocrites, we do, and they have many signs. And Imam Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah, mentioned in his book, Madarijus Salikin, In the volume one, many of the <coughs> qualities of the hypocrites, all based upon clear proof from the book of Allah, Azza wa Jal. And so if you see the person mocks at the believers from this angle or that angle, then know that he is a hypocrite, wal-ayyadu billah. So now we 
learn two benefits, two great benefits now from this hadith. The first benefit is that the person should not delay doing righteous deeds. Rather, he should come forward and not be lazy. And one should remember the hadith of the Prophet والسلام, those who come to the masjid but they don't move forward to take the first rows rather stay behind he said لا يزال قوم يتأخرون still some people stay behind until Allah keeps them behind so if the person trains himself to stay behind and late Allah will delay him and keep him away behind so the person should hasten to do the righteous deeds from the moment he hears that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demands them from him the second benefit is that the hypocrites mock at the believers if the Muslims give abundantly they say those the, the, the Muslims are showing off and if they give as much as they are able or what's available like except what is available to them they say Allah is suffice he doesn't need your works, he doesn't need your charity he doesn't need your sa'ah and we know that from the hadith which is affirmed from the Prophet that he said in the hadith of Abi Hurairah which was reported in Bukhari and Muslim من تصدق بعدل تمرة من كسب طيب ولا يقبل الله إلا الطيب فإن الله يتقبلها يتقبلها بيمينه ثم يربيها لصاحبه أي بما يعادل تمرة كما يربي أحدكم كما يربي أحدكم فلوه أي مهره الحصان الصغير حتى تكون مثل الجبل وهي تمرة أو ما يعادلها in this hadith the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and it is in Bukhari and Muslim and we take it where in Bukhari 2, 4, 9, 1 if one gives in charity what equals one date fruit from the honestly earned money and Allah accepts only the honestly earned money Allah takes it in his right hand and then enlarges its reward for that person who has given it as any one of you brings up his baby horse so much so that it becomes as big as a mountain in fact the Prophet said اتقوا النار ولو بشق تمرة save yourselves from the hellfire even by half a date meaning a charity rather Allah Azza wa Jal said in Surah Al-Zalzala verses 7 and 8 فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خيرا يرى ومن يعمل مثقال ذرة شرا يرى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps the reward for the righteous and for the good doers. We shall stop here.
because the hadith is lengthy and there are a lot a lot of discussions regarding this great hadith we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make in what we heard a benefit for all of us walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam